Welcome to Success Quest. Become your best self and join the revolution to success. I'm Jacob Harmon, and today we're going to have an amazing interview that Caleb did with Samantha Barkley from A Mom Around Town. This episode is going to be all about parenting and how to be a successful parent. But before we get there, I just wanted to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode of Success Quest. Without further ado, let's get into the interview with Caleb. Today, we have with us Samantha. Samantha, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hi, how's it going, everybody? Excited to be here. Woo, perfect. So I'm really excited. Samantha, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what it is that you're passionate about. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you, uh, as you said, my name is Samantha Barkley. So I am the founder of a website called A Mom Around Town, uh, and it helps moms navigate through pregnancy and parenting and into a place of like peace amongst the, the chaos that is mom life. It's kind of my, my side hustle. I have a full-time job as an engineer. Uh, I've been married for seven years. I have a two and a half year old son So that kind of enrolls all of my passions together, right? My awesome family. I love my job as an engineer, but I really kind of have a passion for helping moms in particular because I get moms, but parents overall to really find kind of their confidence uh, as a parent and to feel really good about what they're doing as a parent because there's a lot going on and a lot of mixed messages happening today and a lot of social media input and all of those kind of things that can really make it challenging to parent today. And so I just, I really want parents to be confident in what they're doing. That's so awesome. So you guys heard correctly. We're talking about parenting today, which is so cool. I'm not exactly sure how many of our listeners are parents out there, but I think everyone has a parent. So um, (laughs) whether or not that relationship exists, everyone has one. And so we know exactly We can all kind of relate to this. And this is going to be so intriguing because she's been working on this now for over a year. She's actually doing quite well. It's fantastic. And um, she has a a two and a half year old son, I think you said. Yeah, that's that's right. Already going kind of through the the, the zones. I have a 16 month old. So I know exactly these feelings of like, am I doing it correctly? And it's funny because at the beginning, when you initially are like in the hospital and you're about to have this baby, You've been told a million things, right? And they're all pulling you in different directions. And you're not exactly one person telling me, oh, yeah, you don't want to stay at the hospital any longer than a couple hours after the baby's been born. Like, don't. And I was like, really? And then another person said, oh, yeah, you can just go home and sleep and leave your wife there with the baby. Huh. <laughs> I hope that sounds, that. <laughs> I know, right? that doesn't sound selfish at all. Um, and then from that point on, you think that's the hardest part? Not even close. Like every every month after that is something new and something crazy. Man, it's tough stuff. It, it is. Tough. It is. Yeah. Parenting is definitely the hardest job out there because it really, um, it's so much self-sacrifice and it demands more of you than anything else, right? Like the most challenging job, the toughest situations that you can come across, parenting demands more of you because it demands you to be your best self um, because you want to like raise this child and model for this child all of the ways you want them to be happy right um, so you have to like you have to aspire to another level that you just haven't had to do before and so yeah it's all kinds of hard <laughs> I love that no I love that and it now my first thought is okay this is something she's super passionate about she's been doing this for 
talking about this and she has her blogs and she has her websites. What's some of like the key advice that you give to people who are starting out as parents? Oh my goodness. Well, and I think, oh my goodness. I, th- <laughs> I think so much of my advice is, is listen to your own self, right? Because so many people have advice, right? You're just talking about the advice about, do I stay at the hospital? Do I go home and sleep? Do I leave? You know, like how do I manage these situations? And they just continue to grow, right? You talk about sleep training. You talk about breastfeeding versus formula. You talk about discipline. Holy cow, that's like a whole realm, right, of of things. And you have all of these mixed messages that come into you from social media, from TV, from articles you're reading, from your mother-in-law, from your friends, you know? Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, they all have an opinion on what you're going to do. And so my best advice is to take what works for you and leave the rest behind, right? Like don't worry about those other opinions. Don't worry about what all of those things say. Focus on what works for you and for your family and just do that and like feel good about what works for you and run with it and, and just like leave the rest of it. Because when we talk about screen time and food and all of these things, like what works for you is, is totally different than what works for your neighbor and your best friend and your coworkers. Right. So like be confident in yourself because like especially for women right because you you guys are the ones who go through the craziness you shouldn't doubt your own feeling and underestimate the value of what you're you're trying to understand you know and there's so many outside forces just be you i love this advice i love this advice just kind of follow your your heart in a way yeah yeah and i think it's kind of interesting like also applying it to just dads who are listening right now Mm -hmm try to be a little bit more, acknowledge those feelings a little bit more. Yeah. Dads are in a really tough spot, especially I think in those really early days, because the mom is kind of that first nurturer, right? Especially if you're breastfeeding, they're nursing all the time, or they kind of become like that default person um, because they tend to be the that one who's bonded quickly, right? With the baby. And so dads can kind of start to feel like they don't have a part to play or they don't know what to do. And so, yeah, I definitely recommend like get in there, right? (laughs) Like um, take your time. I know my husband and I have kind of initiated and it took a little while for us to get to this place, but we've initiated where we each have a night, right? So Tuesday night's my night and I get to go and do my own thing. I have girls night. I have Bible study. I sit on my computer by myself and work on my business and it's amazing. And he has Thursday night and he does his stuff. And that gave him an opportunity while I'm out of the house to like kind of be on another level as a parent, right? It's different when you're both there compared to when you're by yourself. So take time early on to be by yourself as a parent and like learn what works for you. Mm. How did that conversation look when you were looking at your your spouse (laughs) and you're saying, man, this is difficult. I need time for myself. Mm. Sometimes it's hard to ask for time for yourself, right? You don't want to seem like the selfish spouse. What did that conversation look like for you guys? Oh my goodness. Yes. So at first I will say, so I have a two and a half year old. It took me two years to ask for my own night. Right. So it wasn't (laughs) right. Wow. Um, So it took a long time. Now my husband has always had, we are very active sports type of people. So he's always had golf league or bowling or softball or something. So he's like always had a night that is kind of his, cause he's had stuff going on. And so it, it actually came a conversation from him that 
I was out doing something and I came back and he's like, you know, Cole is my son's name. Cole's different when it's just the two of us than when it's the three of us, right? Like he's different when we are interacting together than when you're home also, because he always goes, runs to mom for everything. And mm-hmm. so he kind of actually initiated that to say like, I need to spend some more time by myself with him. But I think on the flip side, if you're the parent that feels like I need a little bit of a break and I need some me time, I think approaching that conversation in a way that that says like, this is not only for me, but it's for you too. We both need this and be willing to give them you know, their space as well as asking for your space. So. It's that mutual benefit mm-hmm. because you shouldn't be scared if you're deciding like, I need me time. This is really rough on me. And I, I'm thinking back to when my wife at the beginning, we didn't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. She was doing everything. She was breastfeeding. And because I can't do that, you know, <laughs> right. it felt really bad that she had to wake up every three hours and be the one to get them. Mm-hmm. I could help change the diapers. It's such a minuscule part of the beginning of life. So it's, if you, if you are a mom and you feel like you need me time, don't be afraid. You don't have to feel selfish about it. And you both need that. It just immediately comes to mind, you know, when happy wife is happy life. <laughs> I love this. So I guess just kind of progressing along the stage, we want to get me time as early on as possible, be open about each other's feelings a little bit more Um, at the beginning. What are some other things we should be focusing on in stages of just becoming a parent? Yeah, I think we are quickly being overwhelmed and comparing, I guess. And that kind of goes along with that piece of, of doing, being comfortable doing your own thing right? But um, we get into that comparison trap of, um, and that expectation, right? Actually, I just heard today somebody say, you know, um, reality minus expectations equals our happiness, right? And so we have, the, right? I know I was like, I need to write that down. So that expectation we have of how our kid's going to sleep and how our kid is going to listen to us every time we tell them to do something and how our kids going to eat and all of those things, all those expectations that we put on um, ourselves and on our kids, they just erode at the reality of the situation and they erode at our happiness, right? Because the truth is kids aren't going to listen every time. And there's some nights where my son doesn't want to eat any, like he wants to eat ice cream for dinner. And you're like, that's probably not a great idea. <laughs> like, oh, you know? again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And there's just like, things aren't going to go in this perfect smooth way that we kind of envision parenting to look like. And so when we have these really high expectations of stuff, it just, we can really kind of set ourselves up for failure and unhappiness. So if we take an approach instead of of letting our kids be kids Mm -hmm. um, and letting them kind of develop on their own pace and not comparing them to the other kids and not comparing them to what you see on Instagram and that kind of stuff, but just letting them unfold and be themselves. And, you know, every once in a while I have ice cream for dinner. Like nobody's going to die. So it's okay. Um, It's not the end of the world. It's not. I I like this advice. Just throw away at the very beginning before you even become a parent, Throw away the whole ideal situation. <laughs> Throw it out the door. Everything you knew was, was garbage. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all going down the drain. You're going to have to adapt. Just be ready for change. And I think it applies almost everywhere in life, right? But especially with parenthood because it can be one of the biggest stressors in your life. Absolutely. Especially if you're a stay-at-home parent. And when your spouse comes home and he's like, what'd you do today? You're like, all I did was make sure the kid didn't die. You know, like that, that's and a it took all of my should, time. <laughs> yeah. And we shouldn't feel bad about that. 
Right, exactly. Throw that ideal situation out the door, and it's so easy to compare. Oh my gosh, I love yes. How do you avoid yeah. comparing? Yeah. I mean, because well, I feel like that's almost inevitable. Oh my goodness, that's a really great question. Um, I think, like you said, it is impossible to avoid, right? Because it's just like this natural reaction of like, wait, your kid's doing that and my kid's not. Like you immediately, like you kind of jump down this rabbit hole of like, am I doing something wrong? Is there something wrong with him? Is there, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, should I, yeah, mind blown. Exactly. Like, should I be doing these crazy, I don't know, X, Y, Z. I have a, a really good friend and her little girl is just a few months older and she like memorizes books. Like it's amazing. And I'm like, my kid doesn't do that. Like, should we be looking more? Should I be asking him? Like, like, that's just silly. Like that's just her personality and his personality. Right. So I think it's inevitable because it's like, it's a bit how we're wired, right? Like grass is always greener type of mentality of like, and, and that anxiety of like, am I doing this right? We constantly are, are faced with that comparison. So I think it's more just recognizing it and like just seeing it like, Oh, like, Nope, that's okay. It's okay that they're different. It's okay that they're 11 pounds. It's okay that she can read the encyclopedia and my kid doesn't know, you know, the grasshopper book, but um, the, like, that's okay because, because my kid has different gifts and talents and, and focusing instead on those like positive things instead of like seeing all of these negative things in yeah. that comparison. Yeah. Being able and, to just realize, you know, he's healthy. That's the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Kid is healthy and growing strong and will be able to develop their talents along the way. Maybe yeah. some kids are doing crazy things already. That doesn't happen to my child. Yeah. You know, the most important thing is the happiness of the child and the family. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Very so, cool. And that's definitely easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. This is this is a, a walk in the park compared, yeah, yeah. compared to actually living it. You know? Yes. But recognizing it is definitely the first step. So. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, Questers. Hope you're enjoying the interview with Samantha. I know I am. It's got a lot of great tips for parents. I just wanted to take a quick break and let you know about this show's sponsor. This episode of Success Quest is sponsored by Audible. Audible is an audiobook company. It gives you the opportunity to listen to just about any book. And personally, I like listening to books. It saves me a lot of time because I'm able to read while I'm doing the dishes or driving in the car. It allows me to multitask. I find it hard to find time to sit down and actually read a book. With Audible, you'll be able to read just about any book out there, and it will really help you on your journey to success. With our link, you'll be able to get one free audiobook and two free Audible originals with your one-month trial of Audible. Just go to mysuccessquest.com slash audible to get your free audiobook today. Yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit because it's, it's definitely easier said than done to reconcile with yourself. Put your, take yourself out of the box for a little bit yeah. and analyze it and figure out your, the right way to do things. What makes it easier for you to be able to recognize those things in those moments? How do you, how do you catch yourself in those moments? Those are hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 kind of centering yourself a little bit and like I, I think you said preparing yourself to like face the day type of thing. So I use something, I call it the happiness guide. It's something that actually I have free and available for your listeners. I'd love to give them a copy of it. Ooh, uh, yeah, no, fantastic. Right? Raise the roof, Quester. <laughs> She's giving out free stuff today. What the heck? 
Okay. Yeah. Continue. So, Sorry, I didn't mean to no, no. It's <laughs> it's very simple. It's got like seven focus points. So depending on what's going on in your day, how your week's been, you can kind of pick one of those simple focus points and like make that kind of your uh, your mantra, I guess, for the day or your intention for the day is maybe an easier way to say it. That one of them's breathe, which is one of my favorite ones because it's so simple and we do it all the time, right? But when your focus for the day is like, I'm going to take a deep breath. Like when I'm frustrated, when I'm upset, when, oh my gosh, this kid will not put his shoes on, like whatever it is (laughs) that's going on, take a deep breath and like, just breathe for a second. You know, if you're really struggling, maybe it's you're in the, you shut the door to the bathroom and you breathe for a few minutes and you just like pause and are quiet and can then like regroup in yourself that makes the biggest difference, right? So, so I have these seven different little, they're just little focus points and they have different ways you can use them kind of depending on what's going on. And it gives you that like focus point um, for the day to be able to kind of set your intention and, and to set you up for success so that you're not diving all over the place, right? So you're not kind of like chicken with your head cut off. And the more you use them, the more they just become part of your every day. Um, and, and, Part of your norm um, to be able to breathe and take a second. There's, oh gosh, one of them's talk, like find somebody when something's rough and something's driving you nuts or something's really great and you have to share it, like reach out and talk to somebody about it. So um, they're just little reminders of things that we, we already know we need to do, but we forget because the logistics of life can overwhelm us. So right. um, so yeah, Especially in the heat of the moment. Awesome. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awesome to remember those things. But I like what you're saying here. You, you've created a guide that is obviously very simple, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I would encourage all of my listeners to go and collect your free copy of this guide. I've looked over. It's actually pretty impressive. And it's super simple. Every day, if you're, if you, especially if you find that this is something difficult for you, that you're so stressed out being a mom and mm-hmm. so difficult and you're not exactly, you, you know what you need to do, but you can't bring yourself to do it in the heat of the moment. This is a perfect way to learn that and to adapt yeah. to change. Download your copy of this happiness guide and make it something you do in the morning. There have been studies about this. When you, when you yep. wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is something positive, it'll affect your entire day mm. instead of going straight to Instagram and Facebook. So make this something a part of your day if you want to be living a more stress-free life. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I know from, as you mentioned, from like a business standpoint, talk a lot about writing down your goals and setting your intentions and, you know, your, your to-do list and your priorities and and those kind of things. And this is sometimes some of those things can be overwhelming in parenting, right? And so um, this is a really easy way to apply a strategy, like you said, that works really well for business, but to something that is so simple and so quick and easy that it can it can set you off. And I think it, it gives you a sense of accomplishment in it, which in parenting can be hard to come by every yeah. day. Right. And so this little thing, like I did this today, I stopped and took a deep breath <laughs> and kind of congratulating yourself and celebrating a little bit. And then like that little by little, you start to build that confidence and build that like self-awareness and self. Yeah. I guess confidence is the best. Yeah, the confidence in it. And that translates to your kids, right? And how you talk to them and how they see you um, and all of that. So, yeah. So, yeah, you download it. It's bit.ly forward slash happy guide. So, Perfect. and I'm going to put those in the show notes. Awesome. Everyone, 
look at that afterwards. Or even visit our website. We'll put it up there for a little bit. It'll be easy. And I think people think all the time it's so easy because like to throw away the confidence and it's okay to live with low self-esteem because you do it for so long. And I want to say that this kind of stuff applies to whatever stage in motherhood you are. If you have, you're just a new mother or you are a mother of, you know, seven and they're all graduated from high school. All these things still apply Mm -hmm. to breathe and being able to vent about because you're still worried about your kids no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. I'm actually just starting to think about teenagers. I was like, man, do you ever talking to you? Because you haven't even reached that stage, right? No, not yet. yet. Have you have you ever talked to people about those stages and Mm. in the difference between having a teenager versus a toddler? What are things that we should be expecting? Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, and I think we we kind of set the stage, right? So uh, and I think that's one of the parts that's really can be overwhelming about having a baby and a toddler and a, you know, preschooler age is I continue to remember, like, I'm setting him up for teenage years. Like we are building foundations right now and that can feel like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Am I, am I ruining him forever type of thing? <laughs> um, but that. I think right now, if we're modeling the kind of behavior for our kids that we want to see from them that gratitude service empathy you know those kind of things that's going and and talking to them and and keeping those like open lines of communication now it's just going to grow into the teenage years which i think are notoriously difficult for needy teenagers um isn't that across the board everyone (laughs) how horrible teenagers are would they eat how much they cost and all the pain and suffering they bring <laughs> yes yes uh, that's what I hear but uh yeah we'll see when we get there but I think really like <laughs> if you can really like set a good foundation now with your kids being younger you kind of set yourself up for success later so um or at least in yourself if you've kind of built to yourself um some of these tools and you can you know, you're practicing patience now and you're practicing kind of all of these things, then it will serve you well, no matter how your kid's doing. So that's fantastic. It's funny. I actually was reminded of a book that I read at the beginning of my marriage. And I thought after I read it, I was like, this applies to, Mm. I'm going to be doing with my kids. Have you ever read, um, five love languages? Yes. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that book for a second? Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. My gosh. I think, um, what I love about that, and we don't have to talk about it too long. I just really love this book. And I want to tell moms out there how cool it is because, man, if you have teenagers or your kids are growing, my, my best suggestion would be to read this book and learn what the love language of your kids are. Yes. Because some kids, that you don't know how to give them the right type of love. Um, and that's what this book's all about. It, he, he describes that everyone falls under... Um, five categories of love language. And um, that's how you feel the most love. And one of them is um, words of affirmation or quality time. And I I love that because after I read it with my wife, I found out one of my love language, my strongest love language was words of affirmation. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? But it's apparently, and I see that in my life now. It's like, man, when people give me credit, it it makes me feel so good. And when they say all these things, or I love you, that makes me feel that would fill my love tank more than gifts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which is important because if you have a kid who has that specific love language and you aren't giving them those words of affirmation, it could be detrimental 
Yeah. They grow up with your relationship. So I would suggest go ahead and, and read that book. It's called Five Love Languages. I always forget the man who wrote it. It's, I think it's something Chapman, but I don't quote me because I forget. I could look it up right now. Actually, I'll put it in the show notes. That's the best thing I'll do. No, no. And it's, it's easy to get there. Yeah, I totally agree. But yes, and that's such a great idea to really kind of understand our kids and be able to parent to them, right? And if you have multiple kids, they're each different and how you approach them, how you discipline, how you show love, how you teach them different lessons uh, is going to show up exactly in, in how they receive love and different messages and how they understand the world. So we have to tailor ourselves to fit them. Yeah. Um, another thing you said that I kind of thought interesting and kind of brought up another question. When you said parent to them, right? Because parenting to your kids, your kids don't know how to take care of themselves, right? Or else they would. Um, I think that's the funniest thing. You have a little baby and you're kind of like, well, change your own diaper, please. That'd be fantastic. But no, you have to change their diaper. You have to do everything for them. And so my question is, I feel like a lot of people also want to please their kid, you know, and I feel like it can kind of be a conflict. Mm. Parenting and can be more stressful because like what you were saying before, my kid wants ice cream for dinner. Well, it's like, man, he's crying a lot. I want to make him feel okay. And you said before, like, maybe it's okay sometimes to give him, but like, man, what if he's doing it every night? How do I deal with that? Yeah. It's got to be difficult. And I know people that are probably suffering with that. What, what, would you, what would your advice be? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Especially as a people pleaser, right? Like, I'm such a – I'm the teacher's pet, right? Like, that was me in grade <laughs> school for sure. Uh, I am a people pleaser. And so the idea of disappointing my child like breaks my heart, right? But our job is to help them to be successful in life, right? So that includes being healthy. That includes being um, um, being empathetic and understanding like how they're impacting other people. Um, there's so many, how to like, um, how to delay gratification, you know, those are some of the lessons that they have to learn in order to be <laughs> successful as, um, as adults. And so with that in mind, we are, we are not, we are not pleasing them in the moment. Um, but we're teaching them lessons that are far better than that. And, and some of those lessons need to include like mom is in charge right now and mom says it's time to take a bath. And so that's what we're going to do. But after bath time, you can choose what to do and we can, we can do what you want to do. Right. So I think there's a lot of, we have to give our kids some power, right? Like we have to let them rule over their domain a little bit. And those can be simple things like we're, uh, we have to change our diaper now, but you get to pick which toy we get to bring to the changing table or, um, no, whatever it might be, um, giving them a little bit of power in their choice, even though it's framed within your direction. I think that's the best. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. This is, this is fantastic advice because at the end of the day, you don't want to treat your family like a business, right? You're not the boss and like, Mm -hmm. you're the employee. And so you do everything I say. And like, there's no power given to them at all. Mm -hmm. Family unit. And so you need to be the leader, right? Well, you need to teach them how to become their own leader along the way. Yes. Yes. You have to set the boundaries and let them live 
wherever they want within those boundaries, right? So that's that's part of the part of that advice. Yeah, I read that in a book and I was like, that's exactly it. And setting those boundaries is difficult. And I, I do think that there are times when it's okay to break them and it's okay to give them that little sense of I feel like that's a little rebellious. The ice cream for dinner is the perfect example. Like like every once in a while, like it's okay to break your rule and to eat dinner on the on the couch and watch TV. Like that's, it's okay to kind of like have a little fun with that and kind of then teach them like to bring it back to every day and just, you know, like the discipline actions that we live within our boundaries. So what's a good, what's another good example about setting boundaries? Like what's another way that we could do that? So just our listeners can get another idea of how we can do that. Yeah. Well, I think understanding what for you is kind of non-negotiable. So this was something that my husband and I had to have a conversation on, like what is really important to you that we enact in our household, especially because people have different backgrounds. People grew up different ways. You and your husband or you and your wife have a different outlook on what is appropriate, what's not. And so have those conversations with your spouse. First off, one of them for my husband is not having our toddler sleep in bed with us. And that to me, like, I don't mind morning snuggles. I don't mind just popping in in the morning. (laughs) But for him, that like really disrupts him and is really something that bothers him. So we have to like set a boundary around that. And what we have is a nighttime clock. And it is red when it's time for him to stay in bed. And when it turns green, it's okay for him to get up and come into bed with us. So that is a good like boundary that we've set. And we've trained him in the rules of that. Now on the weekends, right, is kind of our little wiggle room and he can pop in and we'll watch a movie. He can watch a movie while we're still sleeping almost the time. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So I think having those conversations um, and like what really in your house is kind of like that non-negotiable, what's really like gets under your skin and those kind of things, like those are what you need to set as your boundaries and then let the rest of it go. The stuff that you feel like is just the rules that you're supposed to have, it's okay to let those go if they're not something that's actually important to you. So I like that. Yeah. Establish really quickly exactly what's non-negotiable. Like you were saying, I love that. And then, you know, you can kind of edit it along the way, I'm sure. But like, really just don't stress over every little thing, you know, Mm -hmm. figure out exactly what's the most important to you. And I love how we keep coming back to this communication with your spouse, because it's, it's so important to remember that you are a team. team unit and it's so difficult to have just one parent doing it all you know Mm -hmm. that should not be how it is guys it's 2019 right like we need to be working together so I love that and it kind of brings me to now like one discussion that's probably the most difficult for all parents to have which is about discipline Mm -hmm. right and and you kind of have mentioned that a little bit here and there in the podcast so far it's funny because my wife and I have this discussion every now and then <laughs> because it, it, he's still young. Like we don't yeah. have a lot of huge discipline that gets, you know, put into play. But I grew up um, where I was spanked and like things like that. And we got rough and, you know, pull the ear kind of stuff. And my wife grew up where it was much just talking for hours, you know, like mom, and dad sat you down and it was just a discussion and you took out your notebook. And now <laughs> right. It's like, wow, so different so different yeah. how do we compromise and it's mm-hmm. not that I want to just like hit my child <laughs> you know but I also feel like there's something behind that am I crazy 
or like, because I want to know this, this is important stuff. What is your advice about mm. disciplining your, your kid? Cause you see that everywhere too. That's yes. a political thing that's going on right now too. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think one, I think there's some really fantastic resources out there um, with like the language of listening and positive parenting and stuff like that, that really like actually have psychology and child development specialists behind them more so than just my, you know, two and a half year old um, kid opinion. But um, so there, (laughs) there are some really great resources out there to help, um, help guide you in discipline, but I'm going to come back to your kid is your kid, right? And they are your first kids different than your second kid, than your third, you know? And so one of them's going to respond to spanking and the other one is not. One of them is going to um, just be devastated by the fact that you're disappointed in them. And the other one is going to run rampant, right? And so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so you have to approach depending on what is going to make the biggest impact on your kids. So Um, our two and a half year old went through a biting and hitting phase, which, oh my gosh, I thought was never going to end. Um, (laughs) and there was definitely, there's been a couple instances where I was like, I have to spank you. Like I've told you to stop. You won't stop. Timeouts are doing nothing. Like you have to be spanked. And I recognized like for him, that was not going to be a discipline method that was going to work because he immediately was like, you're hitting me, I'm hitting you. Like, I mean, you know, like he was, that was just not something that was getting through to him as a method that was working. And when we instead turned to much more of like appealing to the empathy almost and really like, oh my gosh, you hurt me. And oh, mommy is so hurt and she needs ice. And uh, I can't play anymore because I'm too hurt. And like those kind of, you know, like really making him understand how much his actions were impacting people around him that really made an impact and really like, Oh, I can't hit somebody. It makes them sad, you know? And so recognizing and it's okay to try different things. You're, you know, you're not ruining your kid by trying timeouts and then the next time trying something else. But when you find what works, like be consistent with it for sure. And set those, have those conversations. And even when they're little, I think kids understand more than we give them credit for. Um, having, having those conversations with them about this is my expectation. When you don't follow through with this expectation, there's going to be a consequence and this is the consequence and making those consequences very logical, right? It doesn't make sense to take away their favorite toy when what they did was totally unrelated to the toy, right? Trying to think of a good example, right? Instead, if they're throwing food, oh, we're all done eating because you're throwing food, not, oh, you can't go you know, watch TV because we're throwing food or whatever. So making the consequence very natural and logical. And then really it's, it comes back to understanding your child, which I know is not the easiest thing, but just um, having this awareness. Cause that's yeah. it's difficult, but yeah, really you have, to, you have to try developing it at an early yeah. stage. Yeah. But I like how you're saying, don't just, if you find one discipline that works for one kid, it's not going to work for everybody. So mm-hmm. don't get super stuck on it and then frustrated because it's not working. You have to have this self-awareness uh, of yourself and child and figure out what's going to work best. I think one of my favorite methods is when you get down to their level, like literally you start kneeling down mm-hmm. in the eye and you're just like, Hey, I don't understand exactly what's going on. You're hitting, but daddy doesn't like it, you know, and they can feel that it's amazing how much doesn't need to really be said 
for a child to feel exactly what the parents feeling and for the vibe of the room to just completely change. Mm-hmm. I also remember needing to be the kid who needed spanking every now and then. <laughs> but I remember a story when I went to the grocery store with my dad and it was just me and him. I think it was like four, maybe five. But we were going to the grocery store and I just decided I was hungry. Grabbed an apple right off the shelf and just started eating it. And I ate the entire apple. My dad never knew. And we walked out of the store and I had the core. We never paid for it. And I threw it under the truck and my dad heard it. And he was like, what did you just throw under the truck? I was like, oh nothing and he looks under he's like that's an apple cord do we pay for that I'm like, no. <laughs> he goes over and gives me a good spanking and we go inside and i had to apologize and we paid for that single apple <laughs> that i had already eaten and that was a life lesson I, here i am 25 never forgot that guess what stole another apple from another store again <laughs> lesson here is to open yourself up to different types of disciplines Figure out your child, and that's a long process. You're going to have to discipline yourself to really focus and hone in on what it is your child's needs are. Um, So my biggest advice, download the happiness guide. And so moms, stay-at-home dads, everybody, all parents, take this advice that we've learned from Samantha. She's been incredible. Samantha, how can we follow you more? Yeah, well, you can, uh, my website's amomaroundtown.com and you can find me on Facebook at amomaroundtown or Instagram at amomaroundtownstl. So I'm, I live in St. Louis, so that's, that's where it started, but certainly applicable to parents uh, all across the country, all across the world. So. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. And I, I love too that it's called a mom around town. It's just, you know, casual. Like I'm just a mom around town. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I love it. So go, go visit her, go follow her. She's, she's fantastic. Thank you so much, Samantha, for being yeah. on the podcast with us. This has been an awesome episode. Is there anything you would like to last minute advice or anything you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, you know what? Last thing I'll say is give yourself grace. Uh, it's a hard thing. Oof. Parenting is, and you are going to make mistakes and it's not always going to go perfectly. And you got to give yourself a little bit of grace and just start the next day. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. And thank you guys for listening questers. This has been an awesome episode. I hope you guys have a successful day. My only thing I would ask you guys to do is to um, make sure to follow us on Facebook. We need as many people to participate on there as possible. We're going to start doing giveaways and it's just going to be so big. We want you guys to be a part of it. So go and like our Facebook page and uh, we will see you.